Welcome to Branding Your Real Estate. This is your host, Corinne King, and thank you so much for tuning in, joining today's podcast, and being a part of the Branding Your Real Estate movement and community. So Branding Your Real Estate was brought to you by a real estate agent created for real estate agents to give you inspiration, motivation, and ideas to help you improve your business, your brand, and most importantly, you as a real estate agent and real estate professional. So today and for this podcast, I brought on a guest. That's what I've been trying to do for this year. And in this season of the podcast is bring in guests that are in the industry and outside of the industry. And this guest I met through Instagram. I've been following her uh, and, and just she does a phenomenal job. She is a real estate agent and broker in Utopia, Texas. She goes by the brand name Texas Landlady, and her name is Jada Joe Smith, which we will get into that. So originally, I wanted to interview her because she took her brick and mortar location, so her office, and turned it into an emporium, which is pretty much just like a catch-all in a sense. And she uses this space. One, she decorated it beautifully so it doesn't feel like a stuffy real estate office. And she's using this as a place for, it's a little shop. She hosts um, other businesses within this small business. She's turning it into a place of local resources and workshops and trainings and really bringing the community together. So that was our initial reason for having this podcast, but it turned into so much more with so many different lessons weaved throughout the podcast. So it did go on a little long, but there was just so much that I wanted to get into. Everything from her deciding to opening up her own boutique brokerage and what that was like transitioning from a big national brand to a boutique brokerage to really creating a feel-good business and really being a part of the local community and supporting the local community and how that's helping her business grow. And she gives some tactical advice. I love the idea of opening an emporium. So keep listening in. We kind of get to that towards the middle or the end, but there's so many wonderful things throughout. Jada is a wonderful human, a soul, a mother. She runs a brilliant, authentic brokerage. Like the way that she runs her business is just so wonderful. And I think we can all learn from her and hopefully be a bit more like her. I think the world would be a better place if we all ran our business like her. So listen in, her voice is like super velvety. You'll hear me talk about that. She was meant for radio and meant for podcasts. So I really hope you enjoy it. Please tune in and listen all the way through because you don't want to miss anything. Well, hey guys, I am here with Jada Joe Smith, the Texas landlady of Orange Blossom Real Estate. Um, she's the broker and owner, just celebrated her 10, 10th year as broker and owner of this amazing brokerage in Utopia, Texas. Did I get all that right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, Jada's been practicing real estate for 16 years and then broke off on your own and created your own brokerage. And I... I don't know. We connected a long time ago. I still don't know how <laughs> on, I don't know. On Facebook, we have a little girl, little girls that are like the same age. So we're both like going through real estate with our little girls with us. And then we found out that we have the same birthday. So it's like, we're birthday soul sisters as well. And, um, I feel like this is our first, is this our first time talking in real life? 
I think so. I've been so too, but I feel like I've known you forever, um, which is really awesome. And I've been like watching the things that you're doing. Like I love how you show up on social media and it's so just organic and you like, you like roll, you're like rolling out of the shower, like jumping on a call, you know, or jumping on like a, a, a Instagram live or something. And then you're in your country girl boots. And even your like website is just very organic. It seems like it's just very, very you and that it represents the Texas land lady. I'm taking from your branding that you're quite the country girl. Um, and you mentioned earlier, tell me a bit about your background. Like you are the country girl and it, it you've allowed who you are from how you were raised and all of that. It just really bleeds through all of your marketing, which I think is beautiful. And we're going to get a little bit more into that. So I'm gonna let you take it away to tell me a bit more about you, your background and all of that. Well, yeah, definitely the country girl. I am the farmer's daughter, um, grew up on an organic farm in South Texas. Basically we always joked about being child labor, but you know, that. We were definitely born to work in the fields with our folks. And, um, you know, it was such a beautiful way to grow up, just work in the fields with our parents. We had a citrus orchard. And so that's where Orange Blossom came from. It was my family's farm name was Orange Blossom Farm. And I thought, what better legacy to continue when I created my own business? Um, So, yeah, when you talk about organic, it's straight from the organic farming source here. (laughs) Um, what made you, or what was your line of, you know, you grew up working on a farm into real estate. And I feel like not always we'll, we'll see that path of farm girl to real estate, but I love that. I love it so much. And I bet you connect with people in a completely different way than other agents might. Yeah. Well, definitely when, um, for me, it was land stewardship you know, you learn from being a person who, who grows up and is essentially one with nature. And when you see your parents feeding people, um, you know, my dad was one of the first farmers to ever provide to whole foods. And so you grow up with this sense of, um, of awe and wonder of how your parents are literally living off of this land and feeding our community. And so I, you know, when I went up to college, whoever knows what they want to be, right? You know, I had oh, no, no idea. Yeah, right. I still, I'm still, now I'm an emporium owner. <laughs> right. Um, But, you know, I went off to college and I thought then, actually, it's kind of funny doing a podcast because uh, my original, you know, want to, I wanted to be a radio DJ. I wanted to talk. It. You have the voice. I listened to your other podcast, which I'll link that in the show notes because that was an amazing podcast about land stewardship. But I listened, I was like, oh my God, your voice is so velvety. <laughs> she yeah. definitely be on the radio. Totally what I wanted to do. I went to, you know, was in communication school and, but then I, I mean, I just didn't know. And, uh, my mom at one point, I remember her talking about, you know, I always went with her to look at properties and stuff like that. She was a, a garage sale junkie. So we'd always go, you know, and all of these places out in the country have barns. And so you would just go onto these beautiful ranches and rummage through these people's barns full of stuff. And one day we were just chit-chatting and she's like, well, you know, you connect so well with people. Maybe you should think about getting into real estate. And at the time, um, my first husband, Blaze, his, who passed away, his mother was a real estate agent. And so I started talking to her about it 
And I just got super interested in it, went to real estate school. And that kind of just set the grounds for everything today because I, I didn't at first jump full steam into real estate. What that did was open the door into me becoming a title abstractor and title examiner. I actually started working for title companies doing title reports for banks, which then transitioned into running full title from patent to, you know, present owner for oil and gas companies. So it kind of all went hand in hand in this beautiful, just organic flowed uh, career that just all unfolded from some real estate courses. And then, so you went from the title company and then you transitioned into real estate. Was it a slow transition or was it a full-time transition? No, it was kind of both at the same time. Uh, There for a while, I was working for the title company and I also was working for a big brokerage, which uh, was Coldwell Banker out of San Antonio. Um, I basically did both of them full-time. You know, I was at the period of my life and my you know, mid twenties where I was just gung ho on, you know, I'm doing whatever I possibly can to buy that house and, you know, get set up for the future. So I, I worked hard, both jobs. Um, you know, it was working at the title company nine to five through during the week and then showing all weekend long real estate until I, uh, I decided just to, to see what real estate could do for me and went full time. And now real estate. Now, when you started with like the big brokerage and all that, were you taking whatever, whatever leads that you got or oh my gosh, did you yes. start niching down? Cause it seems like based on your brand that like, of course, we're going to take whatever we can get sometimes. Um, and now you have a team and a larger brokerage. I've seen you've added a few agents on, um, but it is fun when you get to niche down and do what you love. Like you said, the big ranches and land and you're, you know, a, land stewardship and and all of that is that your focus now um yes and no we still because of my team you know we won't turn anything down we want to basically feel like um my whole philosophy is because it's a family business is my family taking care of yours so I want people to feel that no matter if they come to us with a you know, they want to sell a small lot or buy a small lot, or if they want to buy a big legacy ranch for their family, I want them to know that no matter what their endeavor is, that we can take care of them. But so I do this, love ranching. Oh, I, I wish I, I'll, when we're done with this, I'll show you I'm out at my farm and you should come out sometime. I would love to. <laughs> I've watched you grow on, on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. And now I get to sit in here and record a podcast. Um, okay. So going back to, you started as a big brokerage and now what I love, I mean, I think big brokerages are amazing. I'm a part of one myself. There's, there's a a lot there and a lot of extra tools and things like that, that go kind of global. There's lots of marketing and support, like I was saying, but you transition to a smaller brokerage that very much does focus on that family, local, like locally grown. And it seems like you very much support local, which we're going to get into that with your Emporium. Um, what's What have you noticed the differences, which can be positive or negative or, you know, the differences between the two? Um, well, basically the reason I started Orange Blossom was because of the fees. You know, all of the bigger companies, you've got desk fees and different brokerage splits and marketing fees and service charges. And so 
um, I felt really overwhelmed when I was there because I did work so hard and I felt like, you know, I didn't make very much money. <laughs> um, I took on all the leads, you know, they had relocation services and they had, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, all of these resources. And um, my only big complaint was I just felt like, you know, I worked really, really hard and I, I almost felt like I had minimal benefits from it. So I kept telling myself one of these days I'm going to become a broker and I'm going to start a brokerage and I'm going to have a commission split and that's it. I'm, I don't want to charge anybody anything that, you know, I want them to be able to have a spot that they can work hard. Um, although it is hard in a small business because I don't have this national exposure, but I don't really want it. I right. kind of, I prefer it to be, um, you know, where your sphere of influence and the small marketing, or I say small marketing, I do a lot of marketing, but you know, the marketing on local billboards, as opposed to this, you know, national TV branding, um, or just using that constant drip of social media, social media is huge. Um, it's a game changer for real, uh, in this business. It has been over, especially the last, I'd say four years, um, COVID was huge, especially for people looking for rural properties. It The rural land market quadrupled when COVID hit because people were trying to get out of the city in droves. Um, so it really, really changed everything. And I feel like it also, um, just as you know, people also wanted to move out to the country. They were kind of looking for more personalized business resources. And I feel like it really drove a lot of folks to the smaller real estate brokerages where it's like, Hey, I know that I can call Jada Joe. That broker is going to answer the phone. It's not, I'm just calling in to, you know, speak with whoever secretary, you know, and there's hundreds of agents. Literally, if somebody calls the phone number on all of the stuff, it's me. Yeah. (laughs) They are talking to me. Um, Well, back to, okay. So we're kind of transitioning now into your small, amazing brokerage. And I see a perspective from the outside, which is beautiful and amazing and very local. Like you said, was that your intention? Did you go in with an intention and vision for your brokerage or did it just kind of, um, snowball into that based on who you are and your passions and things like that? I think it a little bit of both. I mean, I always had this vision because my mom was the first agent that joined me. I wanted it to be very family feeling, um, Mm -hmm. but it very much organically unfolded that way too. And I think a lot, it's just being authentic, being the person that you're meant to be and being kind and good hearted to other people. And I feel like in our industry, um, there's this like shadow of, you know, competition or, you know, people get that backstabbing vibe or um, in the business. And I never wanted it to feel like that. I feel like we're all in this together. Everybody is here to help each other and there's enough to go around. So um, I kind of took that approach to it so people could feel comfortable. And everybody that works for my company is either been a good friend of mine for a long time or was a friend of a friend and became a good friend of mine. (laughs) I know no strangers. So um, it just kind of unfolded really beautifully, especially over the last couple of years. I had no intentions of essentially, you know, pushing any type of growth 
but it just kind of happened that way. I love that you organically grew. I feel like a lot of us feel like we have, we have to grow in order to be successful. Um, but you really seem in tune with yourself, with what you need. Um, and, and, and just let that flow into what it was supposed to be. Definitely so if, you, so if you were going to say what your business promise and mission is, the business of Orange Blossom Real Estate, how would you define that? And you may have already have this written somewhere. <laughs> well, um, I would say that, you know, our goal ultimately is to have everybody feel like they're a part of our family and really thoughtfully taken care of. It's not a business transaction. Yes, it is. But it's so emotional and it's such a big monetary one of the biggest monetary things that anyone does in life is purchase property. Um, right. And most of the time it's a family endeavor. They're either, you know, they're either purchasing a home because they're trying to find the roots for their own family. They're purchasing a ranch because they're trying to diversify and have a legacy property for their family. It all comes from the root of family. And so if there's any one thing that could be the philosophy, it's literally rooted in family um and just a family legacy. And, um, you know, the biggest thing for me is land stewardship as well. And I feel that all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, you know, our job as human beings it, with this beautiful gift that we've been given of mother earth is to take care of her. And so if I could be a, any bit of a resource to talk about, you know, land stewardship or how we can care for our mother in a positive way and not deplete her. That's what I feel like I've been put on the earth to do. Do you feel like real estate is your platform to stand on, to be a steward of the land? I definitely do. I feel, and I feel like it just goes hand in hand. And the more I've done with real estate, the more I feel the passion of, um, land stewardship, the, the beautiful properties that I get the pleasure and privilege to step foot on all the time. I just think like, we have to, we have to conserve this and we have to take care of this because our, again, back to family roots, we're, we're going to be the ancestors of our, you know, generation growing. So we have the responsibility now. So that way our great, great grandchildren can experience what we're even seeing today. Right. You know, I and keep driving around a whole bunch of places in Virginia, and it's really sad to see that they literally knock down every tree <laughs> to put up all these houses and how long it took for that tree to grow. I mean, it's so sad. I mean, it sounds like you're super involved probably with um, your local government and speaking, and I've heard you on podcasts, which one, just your passion comes through. And I'm sure that that organically attracts people to work with you um, because they probably appreciate the same thing you do. Um, but also it's great PR. Like you had that podcast that was amazing. Like I wonder how many leads you got from that. I'm not sure if you're able to measure that, but how much PR have you received from this? And it's probably not even intentional. You just have so much passionate about it and passion that people want to interview you about that. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure, but it's just starting to gain momentum. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, the podcast I was on before, 
uh, you know, they live just right over the Canyon from me and they have this beautiful like vacation rentals. Um, they've turned it into a garden and greenhouse, like true stewardship of the land. They actually bought this little piece of property and it was, you know, kind of very rundown. Uh, I remember Leah explaining to me whenever she, they left the title company, she was like crying in the car thinking, what have we just done? Can we do this? You know, cause it was in pretty much disarray and they've completely turned it into this beautiful garden and um, this lovely destination. And she, she's the first, that's the first podcast I've been on because we randomly met at my office. She was going into, um, you know, and I know we're going to get more into this in a minute about the Emporium, but uh, I have a, a good friend of mine who shares the space with me. Um, she's has a company, um, Zoe Wellness and Acupuncture, and she comes down from Buda um, about every four to six weeks. And so the podcaster was actually having an acupuncture session and walked out and I happened to be in there and we started chit-chatting about land stewardship. And she told me she was blown away by the fact that I was a real estate broker and that she would have never thought of, of somebody that was in the land selling business to be so passionate about land conservation and land stewardship. So it, that's actually how I got on the podcast was them was she was just like, who are you and why are you talking so much about the rivers and keeping the land so pristine, but you also sell land. <laughs> I love that you actually didn't lead with the sales side of things, you know, and that's very much the old school way of doing real estate, that car salesman, which sometimes you will get way more and faster success by being pushy and salesy. But you talked about something completely different. That sounds like it did end up in a sale It ended up in more exposure. You know, in that podcast that I listened to, you touched on real estate a little, a little bit, um, but really, I appreciate that you talked about another passion of yours that does segue into real estate. And it, it was just a, a beautiful way for you to get more exposure. Yeah, no, I and do appreciate it. Was it was unintentional, it seems like. I do want to step back. And now I really want to get into the Emporium so you can talk a little bit more about that. I know that was, I mean, there's so much to you and all your success and how you're going about it that I love so much. I mean, I think we touched on some of that already, um, but really what I wanted to bring you in on is things that I want to learn. You went about your brick and mortar, so your actual physical office. I feel like right now all the podcasts are about um, social media and email marketing, which is so important, but I feel like everyone has taken a step back from meeting people face-to-face -face. and your Emporium, which is it your office? We'll say your brokerage office. It is. Okay. okay. So it's, did it start as just your brokerage's office and you decorated it really beautiful? Tell me all about it. Let's start from the beginning. This is funny. Let's start from the beginning. It was not even intended to be my real estate office or an Emporium. I'm actually also a yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I forgot that about you. You are. Um, and I actually rented the space right after I um, completed my yoga teacher training to be the yoga studio. Um, yeah, I did have kind of an intention of like, I can office out of here as well. But the primary uh, reason was for a yoga studio space, um, which 
I loved, but at the time I feel like utopia, you know, the older community is, is, um, as much as they need yoga, I think they're scared that I was going to be, you know, trying to put them in these like crazy positions. And I keep, I'm like, no, it's, you can do beginner stuff. Y'all, we do not have to be doing back bends. I can't do that. Um, but it, it wasn't super consistent with people coming to yoga. So I was like, how, what am I going to do with this space? And how do I utilize it? It's so beautiful. It's actually the old library. Um, I wish I could just show you a visual of it right now, which I know you've seen some stuff on Instagram or on social media, but the, the building, when you walk in, inside, it's got the beautiful original hardwood floors and the walls are covered in this old, beautiful tin. So it's just so aesthetically pleasing. It's just, it's a very beautiful space and it feels like you can feel, um, you just feel really good when you're in there. And so I thought, how can we, how can I continue this space? And that's when my friend Noah with uh, Zoe Acupuncture and Wellness came in. And she was um, actually, she married a, a guy that's from Utopia and who was one of my really good friends after I had moved down here 10 years ago. And uh, we became fast friends and she was looking to provide um, more holistic wellness and um, acupuncture to this community. And um you know, I had this space and I was looking to share it with somebody and figure out any ways that we could, uh, you know, just continue to keep the space. And so it transitioned into her setting up her, you know, uh, acupuncture spot. And then a massage therapist came in and it just kind of sat like that in my office for a long time until this last year, I just started thinking about ways I wanted to share this space. And um, it mostly stemmed from my land stewardship and conservation ideas. I wanted to have a space where I was providing people with resources when it came to alternative ways um, with water conservation and um you know, riparian ecosystems, which are the uh, natural ecosystems of the river and things like that. I just wanted a place where people could get educational resources because this area has been found. It's been a sleepy little quiet Canyon forever. Um, it's full of beauty. You know, we've got Garner state park and the Frio river, which is about 20, 20 minutes away. I literally live three miles from lost maple state park, which is a place where people come from all over, all over the world to see the, the fall colors. Cause we don't have a lot of that here, but there's this one little hidden spot where you've got maple trees and sycamore and, you know, red oaks and, but it's been found because of social media. Now people are traveling out here and also wanting to buy vacation properties here. And that's when I felt literally in my heart that there was a need to start educating people because, um, you know, if somebody has been living in a suburb for so long and they haven't really don't have a really um, mindset for where water's coming from and, you know, how the usage could impact all of the neighbors and, and things like that. I just felt like it was very important to have a, a space for resource. Um, now, is that like pamphlets or do you host workshops? Like what would what those resources look like and yeah, how right do you now get people to come in? Like, is there a sign outside or do you put it up? Look, Tell me a little bit more about that. 
Yeah. So right now, and I'm still kind of, it's all a work in progress because I, the boutique just opened in October. And then of course we have winter season, which is super, super slow. So really the spring it's been, you know, picking up in business. Um, I do have um, a couple of areas where I've got, you know, area information, basically, you know, places to go, sites to see, other businesses to check out, because I feel like it's so important to support each other. And I really want people that are just coming in to my little shop to see what other people in the area have to offer. Um, also, there's a um, alliance, Hill Country Alliance which is a conservation-minded group that is actually out of Dripping Springs, which is just a couple of hours away, but they are spearheads for um, teaching about land stewardship, conservation, uh, rainwater catchment. They are just literally a go-to resource when it comes to anyone who wants to um, get involved or dive into any type of conservation resources. So I basically got their entire arsenal of uh, pamphlets. They provided me with so much information. Oh, so it I didn't do cost you anything. It was no. just an extension of what you're trying to provide. So I can educate everyone in this local area. And they probably were all about it. Absolutely. So added value to your physical location without having to spend any money, really. Exactly. Like building a good partnership. And then are you kind of known, do people know to come to you to learn about land conservation? I think they're like, it's gaining momentum for sure. Yeah. I mean, just by things like this, when I talk to people and just in my everyday life, you know, people know where I stand when it comes to, um, you know, land stewardship, but um, I think it's starting to gain momentum. And so the boutique side of it was my thoughts on, okay, I want to have very beautiful handmade type of goods of people that I know, or even, you know, some of the clothing that I carry is not necessarily people I know, but it's hand embroidered clothing, things like that. Um, are these I all thought, local artists? Some of them are not okay. all of them, but some of them are. So I want to um, just bring it back for the listeners really quick. So Jada has an emporium and under that, I, the way I see it is like a big umbrella, right? And under this, you have how would you define emporium? Such a beautiful word. Like, is it just a encompassing <laughs> of all things? Yeah, it really is. And that's funny because the only reason that I named it Orange Blossom Emporium is because my parents had a sign, an Orange Blossom Emporium sign that they made in like 1974 oh, for cool. one of the one of the farmers markets that they were doing. <laughs> so again, when it came to naming my shop, it was like, okay, I can't just be a boutique. I have this really cool emporium sign and I have to use it. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a blanketed term for a um, all around store and a uh, center. And so um, I've kind of curated it. One of my really good friends, Mel, who uh, she's kind of my right-hand lady with the boutique and in real estate. She helps me with all of my admin stuff. She lives in Utopia half the year and she lives in Guadalajara, Mexico half the year, um, cool. which is so cool. I'm like, she's right. the coolest person I know. But um, she, when I started talking about having this vision of a center, um, kind of an area information center and conservation resources, we started talking about various items that we could get in there and it being very unique. And um, so actually she 
uh, when she came back this last time, she brought back, she goes to a um, local community market where it is all indigenous people of the Huaridica tribe of Mexico. And she buys directly from the artisan themselves. And so it's supporting that indigenous indigenous community and their families, which I think is so beautiful because it cuts out any of that um, person that you might just buy from, from the internet, or, you know, right. it, you literally know who it's coming from. And uh, so we got jewelry and some like horachas. And then I have a friend who, uh, my friend David, who's also from Guadalajara, but he now lives in San Antonio. He um, he makes leather horachas, which are shoes, the leather shoe and uh, hand hammered <laughs> copper. Again, wow. it's all made in Mexico, but he is, you know, he's the artisan and he brings it to shop. Um, I actually have thought about one of the many visions I have for the future is like meet the makers having, having spots where, you know, like David comes in with studio Casillas and he talks about his product and, you know, where they came from and, um, you know, just being able to meet him. He's such an amazing person anyways. So just talking with him is cool. So much fun. Um, and then another item that I carry, my sister-in-law, my brother owns a decorative concrete company in Austin and um, he does, you know, large um, either commercial jobs, doing concrete floors for buildings, or he does homes, um, countertops, all of the things concrete. And my sister-in-law worked with him for years. And then whenever she had my niece and nephew, you know, s- staying home more with the babies and she got an idea of doing like these beautiful decorative concrete like wares. So she started making coasters and like candle holders and ring I think holders. I saw those on your They're so beautiful. Um, everything that she does, plant holders. Um, so I have all of a collection of her stuff in the shop as well. Um, so it's all these people that I know, which I love. Um, yeah. Do so- you focus on any like local artists as well? Um, I am working on getting a couple of more local artists in the shop. Um, I just haven't had any, any yet, but we're working on it. But next door to me is a gallery, which just opened as well called gallery 187. And uh, my friend Kathleen, who opens the gallery, she um, has like paintings and sculptures and all kinds of things from artists, either right around here in the local area or within the vicinity. And it's hard because we're such a small community. So you kind of have to go outside of just our little bubble um, to get, to get some cool artists and artisans in. Well, there's so many different ways under this emporium that, I mean, like, it seems like everything was birthed from passion and love and like just things that you love or giving back. So I think it's, really a wonderful thing that it started from a non-greedy place like a lot of people and you know I I am guilty of this too I think of money first and then build from there but it seems like you're doing it the complete opposite way which I think will be much more sustainable and I, I think humans and people can read into that more um but they all do put you in front of more people And all of these things are things that you love. Like you love that, you know, 
we'll say woo side of the world that is yoga and acupuncture and massage and just you have like that vibe about you and so people are coming in with the like mind that you have and now you get to be face to face with some of these people and I'm sure maybe you've seen it or maybe it's just happened so effortlessly that you haven't seen how much it's helped your business um and of course with the boutique too like people are coming in to look at candles and this and that, and then you get talking to them. Would you say that you've seen a growth in clients and customers? Um, Definitely, especially with like the local community. Um, You know, my business has always been kind of all over, you know, we are very isolated in a very small community in Utopia. So it's like business, you go elsewhere, you know, a lot of the time, sure, we do get business here. Um, but, you know, the bulk of business has been in other areas and with other agents that are working other markets like Austin or San Antonio or some of the bigger, the bigger areas. Um, but I have noticed, especially just within the last few weeks at the shop, locals coming in and talking about, especially this time of the year, uh, everybody's property appraisals and taxes are, you know, they're getting their statements and they're all freaking out because, you know, the county's gone crazy and raised everybody's appraisal rates. I mean, some of them two and 300%. Um, so I've been seeing an influx of people just wanting to come in and talk about things like that, which shows that they're already noticing right. that resource of like, Hey, yeah, the boutique's open and we're going to go in. Is there going to be an agent on duty? And we can talk to one of them, which two day we're open four days out of the week and two days out of the week, my mom is there. So she is the both the best sales lady I have at the boutique and a real estate agent. Well, and I think it's important too. And a lot of people have been talking about this, especially when I hear, you know, advice on um, social media is don't just sell to them. Actually don't sell at all. Just be a resource. And whether it's a resource as in, um, having beautiful handcrafted items for them to pick up or a resource to answer their questions about their taxes, become known as the go-to person for kind of all things local and be a resource. And it seems like that's also what you're leading with is how many resources can I give people? I give them a space for a massage or hosting a workshop or having, you know, land conservation resources. So they know how to steward their land to take care of this small community. So I, I think that's just such a brilliant way. And, and sometimes it might not happen super fast, you know, fa- fast, fast leads also go away pretty quickly, but you're really building a reputation, building a brand based on who you are. Um, there's just so much to what you're doing that I think is just such a fun way to go about business and bringing again, the, the human side back to real estate but in a not sales pushy kind of way. Exactly. Well, and I've always hated that sales pushy way anyways. Um, It never worked for me. It was not Mm -hmm. my strong point um, because I've always been the person that's, that's always told my clients, I don't care if it takes us a year or two. I want you to be happy. I want us to find what you want. I don't want it to be just hurry up and buy something because I want to make my money. And I found when you treat people with that kind of kindness and space, it comes back to you tenfold. Um, I really have led my business with kindness and and caring, compassion, and consideration. And with doing that, I feel like I've grown to this point where 
I, I could have never imagined that I would have gotten to this point. I have 10 agents working for my company now. Like I didn't set out for that. Um, I was perfectly content with just me and my mom, but now I'm like beyond happy with the beautiful people that have become a part of my family and, um, you know, the growth that we keep seeing within the company and our clients. I mean, I, I truly feel like what you're saying, we have attracted the type of people that we want with just being authentic. Um, and I really offering sources and resources that you also feel passionate about. And I feel like having that common connection point is always a great place to start, not really kicking everything off with real estate, which many of times that happens. People love talking about real estate, but it also brings another resource to them and bring, brings you even closer to, they're going to remember you more than the agent that tried to push a house down their throat. You know, they're going to remember your beautiful space. I mean, it really is. And the products that you have in there and just, you're going to be more memorable, of course. Um, All right. So I have a couple more questions. I would love, I love this concept. Like this is how I would do it. If I started my own brokerage, I'd want to have a beautiful space. You know, a lot of spaces, especially on the corporate side, you have to follow some rules and it's a little bit more, you know, stark. It's not, it feels like an office space. You know, you have your conference room and this and that, where you were talking about, you have 10 walls and beautiful warm wood floors and it's in an old building and it doesn't sound like you just have desks everywhere you really made it a beautiful space almost I mean like I would love to almost have like a coffee shop in there so I don't know know (laughs) there's one right next door (laughs) perfect well see in an emporium when you call it the emporium um you can kind of create it however you want you know it could be like you said, hosting a workshop once a month and then having your store in there and doing yoga classes once a week. And you could offer it for free if you want to, but I would love to see or to explain to the listeners how they can create their own emporium. And do you think it's necessary? Well, they could do their own emporium and not have to be under their own brokerage. They could just have their office there if they want while running their little shop or their yoga studio. Or I always thought about, oh, I'll open a spin studio um, and yoga studio and also have my office there. Yeah. Just stay fit. You know, when a bike's next to me, maybe I'll work out. Um, but I think someone can develop it however they want, but I would like to give them some like tactical advice on what they need to do to open their own emporium and how they can work this into their real estate business. Oh, that's a really good question. Cause I just have been winging it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, it, do you have any little system for when you add something new on? Let's just say the boutique. I love that. I love the concept of having a little boutique shop. It's not taking over. It's just cute little items, but like, what does that business structure look like? And is yeah. it for profit too? So it's also helping pay the rent and bring in the, you know, I always talk about too, multiple streams of income. I just had someone on here and she's an interior designer and a real estate agent and they're working together and this is two different industries but working together beautifully it's almost like the boutique is helping you get more clients in a beautiful natural way of course yeah absolutely um well and i i feel like you know i have just been kind of waiting in it but um with the boutique end of it you know, I've got everything up through a Shopify system. So it's makes it super easy. You can streamline everything. If somebody was like looking into doing it, I mean, it's very inexpensive for you to be able to get, you know, this kind of program just for your entire 
point of sale system. Um, but the boutique at this point makes no money. <laughs> um, I think it'll eventually get there. We're still so green, but, um, you know, every week I see the sales picking up and I'm really getting an idea of what items people are really generally looking for. So, um, I'm still trying to find like, what do we need to bring in? Like right now I kind of have women covered because it, it's basically everything I like, you know, what right. do I like? Put it in the store. Um, so I've been kind of, I just, my friend David with Studio Casillas just came this last week and brought some more product. So now I've got like handmade knives so that we gentlemen can have something Ooh. too, or their wives can pick them up something nice. Um, and I've been looking since, you know, we both have kids. I've been looking at um, getting some, some children's stuff in there. Like I've really want to get some like wooden toys or mm -hmm. find, find like a woodworker that makes children's toys. So that way I can get those into the space um, just to have more variety. Um, Cause I think that's the biggest thing is finding the varieties that work for you in the space in, in your area. Right now we're about to hit tourist season. Everybody comes out here for Garner park or in the rivers uh, when we do have water, which we've been blessed with a little bit of rain this year. So the rivers are coming back. Um, so we'll kind of see in the next few weeks, month, how business is going to pick up and and what kind of sales we're going to be looking at. But I think that the best thing to do with anybody who's looking to get started in their own boutique or emporium is start with what you like. Just start with certain items that you like and finding if you have friends or, or family members that make products, talk to them, see if they'll do something wholesale with you. That's the biggest thing is just talking to people about wholesale because most people have a wholesale margin that they can work with. Not everything has to be retail from that end. Um, even with artisans, they've already worked in their budget. If you buy X amount of quantity, what they can give you is a deal. So um, it's finding those partnerships that work. Is there any way to not buy everything in bulk? Because I feel like, you know, this this could be a really fun venture for someone to expand their real estate business by turning their brick and mortar office into not something so sterile. Um, but also that's expensive if you're buying, you know, 200 leather shoes. Absolutely. <laughs> time. Is no, there consignment. Consignment is a really good way to do okay. it too. Working out a deal with your artisan friend, um, a percentage of the sale. So basically you're going right back to real estate there. You got your commission right. split. Um, right. So, and I know that I've had some of my vendors, you know, talk about that, especially on the, the higher end items, um, doing consignment type things. Also, I have talked to a couple people about basically doing like a booth rental space. So what... What yeah. some folks could do if they have the actual building space, you could do, you know, you get a 10 by 10 spot that you can decorate as you want. And you're essentially paying rent, you know, you have a renter paying you as, as the landlord per se, um, just their rental spot within your boutique or emporium. And I mean, I know that you're just kind of weighing it and you're working with your mom on it, but when it comes to actually staffing it, because someone has to ring them out and collect the money, manage the inventory and make sure those artisans get paid and that you get paid and all of that. Do you have to pay someone extra for that? Or do you work with your agents and say, hey, who can be on floor time and work the boutique 
Um, how, how do they get, how does that work? So I originally tried to do that, which was, you know, have agents come in and be kind of on duty and, and, you know, for the most part, some of the agents that live in the area that I don't have too many that are particularly in utopia, but, um, kind of seemed to be super receptive. And then it was the sitting there all day when we first opened and nobody comes in. And so very rapidly, the realtors did not yeah. want to, which I get it. I mean, you've got a million things going on. You've got right. properties that you can be showing. You don't want to necessarily be sitting in an empty space. Um, so that's when my mom came into play on uh, Fridays and Saturdays, because I was trying to at least have the store open Wednesday through Saturday. And um, so you know, one day she came to me and said, you know, I really wouldn't mind having a job. I love the boutique so much and being in the space. So I'd be willing to do Fridays and Saturdays. So she's there every Friday and Saturday. And then, um, I was trying to host space open as much as I could, but my life is also equally as busy with my own clients, with all my agents and my almost four-year-old. So, uh, it was a little hard. So I recently did hire somebody that comes in on Wednesdays and Thursdays to help keep, you know, to at least have the space open on those days when I can't. Um, so yeah, we're open four days a week and we have two people that work the store and um, it's been at all. Like when people come in, is there, do you have like your real estate signed up? Is there anything that's saying like, Hey, you can also come here and buy some real estate or sell your house. Or do you have those resources up? So it's kind of like yes. take yes, advantage of those people coming into your door. Kind of like if someone visits your social media page, you know, how are you putting it in front of them? Like, Hey, I also sell real estate. Come Definitely. Well, the sign, you know, that's hanging off the side of the building is a real estate sign. I have a small little boutique sign and I'm about to get a little bit more signage just for the boutique. So it, cause I feel like people see the real estate sign and they're like, right. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go in. And then they see the clothing items or whatever I have in the windows display. And, then, and they're like, wait, is it a boutique? Is it a real estate office? Right. So I'm working. I was just actually building a, a better signage. Uh, for that, but it is kind of neat how I have the, I wish I could just like show you a visual because the way I have it set up when you walk in the door um, to the right side is, you know, these beautiful displays of jewelry from the Wadidika tribe and like the leather goods and my sister-in-law's beautiful concrete work. But the left side of it looks like a living room. I have a, um, there's a couch with a coffee table with some real estate uh, magazines on the coffee tables. Um, and you know, so it's very much set up home. Like it looks like a little home office space. Yes. So it gives you that vibe. Well, and also my thought was any husband that comes in with the wife, they can sit on the comfy couch while she shops. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Smart. So you were intentional. Like, it sounds like, yes, you just kind of like went with it when you had an idea, which is really awesome. I feel like we all overthink. I do. I like way overthink that sometimes I'm just paralyzed and then, then I don't do it. You're just like, I'm just going to go for it and figure it out. But there was a little bit of strategy in there to help drive your real estate business as well. Like just a smidge, like, let me put in this living room area and then kind of put out some of my contact information in magazines. So they also know I sell real estate. I, I, I think it's a great way to market yourself without being pushy. One Absolutely. day all coming together, working like this will change the narrative, I think. Of yeah, for sure. Well, and I feel like 
as everybody comes to check out, you know, whatever they're shopping in the boutique, boutique, they come to check out. And I have, um, you know, a little spot right in front that has all of my agents' business cards. And so they look down and see, okay, I'm in Orange Blossom Emporium. And now there's, you know, all of these Orange Blossom real estate business cards. And I can't keep most of the real estate cards in stock. Like I realized the other day, like, oh my gosh, I got to get everybody new business cards because all of our cards were gone, which is really cool because it shows me that people are picking those up as they're leaving. I may not be talking about it with them or it may not come up. Although most of the time it does, people will say something like, oh, you're a real estate broker. I've seen that you had the winery listed on Facebook or something like that. You know, most people know what I do, but um, I think they appreciate just what you're saying. The fact that I'm not over pushy salesmen, I'm offering other things to kind of accompany my real estate business, which I just, I'm excited to see it grow, literally grow. I have, I also offer uh, seeds in my store, which is a company, my dad. So my dad's an organic farmer. He's been friends with this guy, Bill Neiman for like 55 years. Mr. Neiman um, lives in Junction, which is about an hour from where Utopia is. And they have um, a native American seed company. So they are a seed company. They grow all native grasses, um, flowers and stuff like that, which I also feel like is so important to educate people Mm -hmm. on native plants because you can come throw a bunch of plants out here that are non-native and can be completely invasive to this land or not good species. So um, I loved being able to partner and carry their seeds because it's just another very land steward type. goes with your brand. It's very Mm -hmm. much, everything through and through goes with your brand. Even I was talking about your Instagram, like I can't believe this is the first time talking, but you were so organic in you on Instagram. I feel like I've known you for years, like more than just us communicating with hearts and likes and comments and things like that. There's not many people like I've seen. I I applaud everyone who jumps on video. Um, And I think it's important no matter what. But when you can like just really just go on there and people feel like they're talking to you directly and like it wasn't a scripted anything. Anyways, your brand through and through. I was just talking about like you, like who you are, who you show up. Sounds like it's also you built your brick and mortar emporium around that as well, which all feeds into your real estate business. Like I could see, I would love to do like a little home store. I mean, what's more real estate than a home store? Like, I don't know why more real estate agents don't do that. Like if anyone takes anything away from this, have a little boutique home store where your office is at and people are decorating their homes, right? (laughs) Or their rental space. I mean, we talk about homes and a home store is the perfect place to talk about homes. No, totally. Well, and one of the, one of my thoughts behind it, when my girlfriend Mel and I were kind of like, just brainstorming and dreaming about this little shop was, okay, how many of us do gift baskets for our clients. And we're constantly looking for places or boutiques to get these things. And I'm like, you know what? I can get all of this stuff and have in my store and build my own gift baskets. Right. And (laughs) might as well just sell it, buy it wholesale. You get it all a little bit cheaper. Yeah, Um, exactly. Well, in between, you know, what I offer in my little store, and then I have a really good friend who uh, 
her store is called Sarah's Utopia. She has a store just a couple shops down and she is very home goodsy and like she's an interior decorator and designer. And so it's like, I can just go right next door. She makes it look all beautiful and packages it all pretty in the way Sarah does. And, you know, uh, I can give it to people and be like, here, look, she did this, but it's half from my store, half from hers. Okay. Well, we talked about, or you mentioned you have some big, small, a lot of ideas for some growth. So I'd love to hear if you would share it here, how you are planning on, maybe, maybe it's not even in the planning, but it's in the dream states to grow the Emporium. What are some things that you see in the next year, two, three, four, five years of the Emporium? Well, I definitely want to, um, I feel like the space is, is such a, a intimate and beautiful setting that I would like to host, um, like meet the maker type you mentioned that. things. I love that. And then also like we talked about earlier, um, hosting workshops in the space with people that I just, you know, feel are very like-minded, whether it's, um, like health and wellness related or, um, land stewardship and conservation minded. Um, I just kind of really feel like I wanted to do that. I've also really want to continue to grow um, just the area information center. In our little town of Utopia, there's not, we are unincorporated. There's no municipality. We are just a little wild west out here with no, you know, there's no mayors. There's no, there's no police department. Like (laughs) we're just encumbered in the county, right? So there's also no like business associations or any type of chamber of commerce or anything like that. So I kind of feel like I have this vision of, you know, the space really being an, a spot where tourists, because tourism is a really big driving force in this area where tourists can stop in. And not only are they looking at beautiful items in the boutique, but they realize that there's whole section of free resources like pamphlets and um, you know, area information so that way they can find all of the different other local places to go it i feel like that's really important um as far as growth with the boutique as well or the emporium my friend mel and i have been talking about doing um kind of like trade shows and stuff as well um we were really thinking that maybe this fall we kind of hit the road and go to some of the trade shows in like fredericksburg and bernie just that way we can offer another outlet for the boutique Um, because we may not get as much traffic in utopia but we could definitely offer our product say at one of the you know trade shows in fredericksburg which would then we can tell people about utopia and bring you know them to our area i want to touch on just a couple things of the growth Uh, just because recently i did like a two-part series on the podcast about email marketing and one of the parts was actually growing your email list. That's such a huge part. You know, I feel like either someone has it down sending out the emails, but doesn't have it down growing your email list. I feel like hosting Meet the Maker, that's an easy way to like, hey, reserve a spot. We only have limited spot. It's free, but we're going to do a host where maybe they do like a workshop of how to make a leather shoe. This leather shoe that you're talking about is really stuck in my head, obviously. Um emails right there you know like you could get 20 to 100 oh you have one They're so i'm wearing cute. them i love them <laughs> um but yeah you could use that as 
more emails. You know, now they're on your email list. Now you can drip campaign to them and they really won't forget you. So you're taking that physical human to human interaction and turning it into a way to constantly reach out. Like it costs you no money except to have the lights on and right. And then you put them on your email list and now you drip them an email every week or whatever, which could be a little bit of real estate, a little bit of local lifestyle, a little bit, hey, this is what came into the boutique kind of thing. It's just encompassing it all. And then also the workshops as well. Like, hey, yoga class is going to be free, but you got to sign up for it or whatever. Even if you charge for it, you're still going to get the emails and just grow that database and constantly show up in front of them. And email is pretty much free. I mean, there's systems out there that cost money, but might as well just get as much funneled into there as possible. And same with the trade shows. Now you get to talk about utopia and meet people exactly. and take them outside of your little town and be the spokesperson for utopia. I love that. Yeah. And I do agree. It's all about building that sphere of influence, right? And everybody that walks into that shop or into that space is already connected with you in some way. And then as soon as you start speaking with them, you know, you are at the beginning of building your relationship and, you know, real estate is a relationship business. Retail is a relationship business. Everything we do is really like relationship based. Um, so it's so important to grow those relationships from that standpoint where people don't feel like you're just trying to sell them something, whether it's a piece of land or even a boutique item, just want to make them feel comfortable and welcome and warm. And I feel like that's all, it all starts with your open heart of kindness. People can feel it and see it whenever you're genuinely kind and caring, um, and just giving people that feeling of like, by the time that they leave that boutique, they want, I'm going to give you a hug. Cause I'm a hugger. And you know, <laughs> you're never oh, going to forget God. that girl that you walked into a random yeah. boutique and she's hugging you and says, come, come hang out in the river with me next time you're here. You know, right. I'm saying a song with me. I think exactly. You, you know, I think you sing. I, too. You're quite I do, I do quite sing impressive. too. I, that's the fun thing I do is saying, you know, <laughs> all right. We might have to get you, you want to give me a little tune? Give me something. No. Okay. All right. I need um, the music. <laughs> okay. You know, I, and it, you mentioned too, growing the relationship. So there's two parts. You meet the person, hopefully you make a big enough impact on them. And even if you do make a big impact, they leave the store and they might forget about you, even though you were there's some people that I've I've met that I was like, but I don't remember her name and I don't know how to contact her, but I would like to buy this house. So hopefully, and you probably already do this, is just you make the relationship and then you grow it and you really, what is the word I'm thinking of? Can't think of the word right now, but you are, I, I guess, growing it and building that relationship and building more trust between you and that person. And they might not be ready right now, but in two years they might. And I feel like a lot of people have to look at the long game in real estate. One, I want to go back to building a feel good business, which I wrote that down from something you mentioned earlier. I was like, oh, that could be a good topic for today's podcast. And there's so many things on here, but building a feel good business starts with kind of building those relationships, not being pushy, allowing people to take their time. Um, and I think eventually you will grow a very successful business, but I think success also 
is defined for many of us as something that feels good that we're doing. It's not absolutely all about the money. My absolutely. Life, but <laughs> I know. Well, and this is what I try to explain to so many um, agents that are just trying to get started or, you know, get their business off the ground and getting discouraged because things don't happen fast. Um, I feel like when you're pushing for things to happen fast, it's going to take much slower. Um, when your mindset is not in that right space of like, Hey, this is a relationship business. I need to start building relationships instead of being that quick. I just got to make a buck. Um, I think that is the hardest part about real, real estate because when I first got started, like I said earlier, I didn't make much money. I worked my butt off. I chased every single lead. You know, it was discouraging. It was exhausting, but it wasn't until I, I changed my mindset, which I feel like is so many people's um, thing is they just have to change their mindset into like you're saying what feels good about the business what what am I going to build that that feels good and um once you take the pressure off of yourself and other people by this time frame that you have concocted in your brain it alleviates so much and then I feel like as you do that God and the universe takes care of you and other things start coming because it's all flowing so much easier and you're not putting so much pressure on yourself and other people. And then things really start to organically flow because then those people that you're taking your time with for, you know, say they don't find a property for a year, but they're talking to all of their family members and friends during this entire process. And what they're telling their sphere of influence is, Hey, my real estate agent or broker has never put any pressure on me. You really should contact them whenever you think about buying. And then it really starts building this, you know, beautiful business of what you want because people are all in the same mindset that you're in. Um, and it's all come from your patience. I feel like patience is the biggest thing. And, and it really does lead to more things coming to fruition so glad you threw some woo in there like all of that was so good and it was a good reminder to me too I have seen I've been in the business not as long as you but almost almost going on a decade um and I, we've ebbed and flowed we started super slow as the market does and it's funny watching people and I've even witnessed myself getting a little nervous and, and putting money mindset first, you know, like in the sense of the goal was money, which kind of dropped my client or customer, not putting them first. And I've seen so many agents do this. And I'm not saying I haven't done it either, where I came from a scarcity mindset, I should say. And I'm going to ask you in a second too, because I really, really love that you keep coming. You seem to have a really strong base and a home to come back to that you have built your business off of and it's working out wonderfully but a lot of us get stuck in a scarcity mindset and I've seen it's mainly the top agents too that I've seen that get in this type of mindset and then they uh they just aren't as they aren't leading with their heart you know what I'm saying like they're kind of putting themselves first and I, I get it like it's scary it's a scary industry and that's why I also love multiple streams of income that come in and support your, I, I also think real estate, you should be full-time in it. Um, I do too. You, and, and I, as we grow and evolve, we see this about ourselves at any point in your, what are we at? 16 years in real estate total? 
Yes, ma'am. Did you ever lead with that scarcity mindset? Totally. I mean, as you know, it's feast or famine. So there's so many times that you're just like, you know, oh my gosh, how much money do I have in my savings account? How much time do we have to live? until right. the next thing comes in and uh you know and then you see that like potential and you're like oh my god this has to work out because i only have 2 months worth of savings to live you know um did that impact it, how you led your business um you know i feel like i've just had so many life circumstances that have just made my mind always stray from that. Um, when I start getting in this, you know, um, I remember back, I guess it was in 2009 when the market crashed as it did. Um, at the time my husband blaze, um, was working for a company in San Antonio, which it was like, okay, you know, I'm doing real estate full time. And my husband has at least some steady income. He calls me, I'm, this is kind of funny talking about this because I was on a listing. I was at a listing that I had, I'd had it on the market for eight months. It was 40 acres with these two beautiful rock homes. I had it listed at $200,000. I could not give it away. Nobody wanted it because the market had just, you know, the bottom just fell out in 09. Nobody was buying anything. Um, and he calls me, I'm actually trying to host an open house and he lost his job. And that was the one moment that I really had a like whole, like, how are we going to do this? I can't even sell any real estate. And now, you know, he's lost his job. Um, but, you know, I felt like we just kind of constantly pivoted and we lived very well and, you know, under our means, we didn't have high mortgages. I was, I've always been a super frugal person too, and saved uh, it's the Taurus in me. I like to be very comfortable. And so, um, you know, real estate started picking back up and he got another job. And I remember thinking in that period of time, like, why did I stress myself out so much? It's going to work out some way, shape or form, you know, someone higher than you has you here and you're going to make it. And I've always tried to continue to, when I have these freak out moments, I try to at least meditate for a minute and remember, you know, God's got you, the universe will get your back. And you will, no matter how gloomy things look, it will all work out in the end, the way that it's intended to. So, um, and that's, like I said, I've just had so many life things that have made my, my mind transition to a place of, it could be way worse. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, I was talking about my husband, you know, that, he actually, uh, my husband blaze, my first husband passed away in a car accident in 2013. That's what brought me to utopia. Um, oh. I needed a place to heal and my family yeah. had this land out here and it was so beautiful and it was so peaceful and I could spend time at the river and literally lick my wounds of grief. And, um, you know, just life, life experiences like that made me really constantly think about, um, and I'm not saying I never get down. I do. There's moments. Everybody has their moments of, you know, woe is me, or, you know, I have the real estate deal from hell that you're dealing with that. You're just like, I want to bang my head against the wall, but right. I always have to try to bring myself back to, um, you know, a, a point of 
you know what grief looks like and I know what, you know, this extreme sadness is and how can we use that and pivot into life is actually really beautiful. And we're blessed of every single day that we get to spend on this earth because every moment is a, literally a blessing and you don't know when it could be your last. Well, that's just, I mean, you just into this whole podcast. So absolutely heart filling. So you really have so many like little spots of wisdom, whether it was talking the strategic side or filling someone's cup a little bit more. So we'll, we'll kind of end it there with just such a positive, uplifting view on life. And I hope everyone listening can take something from that. And I would love for everyone to follow you on mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, where all are you? Uh, Instagram, I am at Texas Landlady and then Facebook, you can find me. I have a Texas Landlady page and then also an Orange Blossom real estate page, which I manage both. Awesome. And where can we buy all the little cute stuff from your shop? So that's no, not yet, but that is coming soon. That's something I've had a lot of people ask me about because as I've been like slowly opening and figuring out what we're going to do, um, as I've done like little Instagram stories or Facebook, you know, lives, people I know, are I like, love them. can we buy that? What do you have for sale? And I was like, you know, I need to start doing some, you know, story sales. And then I started talking to my girlfriend, Mel about let's get a website together. That way people, you know, we can actually do some online orders um, and ship out to people because, you know, it's yeah. totally an option. Do you think you'll announce that on at Texas landlady? Yeah. Yes, on I your definitely Instagram? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll have and then I also... You. Yeah. I also just started, which it, I had it before I did like a little, um, skincare line there for a little bit. My little girl, Viola, who's, you know, the biggest blessing of my life. She's almost four. Mm-hmm. And I started a, a small, which I'm going to start carrying it in my own shop because I make it myself, but it's a uh, natural skincare products. And, uh, I called it Viveda for her and my names smashed oh. together. Um, but I did it because of like, you know, when you're pregnant and you're like, I don't want stretch marks and all of the things. So I just made all of this, you know, out of, uh, organic products and oils. Um, but it used to be my Instagram for that. So I just transitioned it into orange blossom dot emporium. So you can also find and find me at the Instagram orange blossom dot emporium. And I'll start posting all of my emporium products there. Um, I kind of on there want to do some uh, showcasing of all the makers and stuff like that. So then that way people can also start following them or at least be able right. to follow their content. Cause you know, some of the people that I have products for, they're just such amazing human beings. They've been my friends for a long time or my family members, but they also equally have their own super amazing stories and life endeavors. And so I think it's just cool to share all of their things. It really is. So I'm going to take all of that and put it in the show notes. So it makes it easier for everyone to follow you and follow them and follow the shop. I'm excited to get my leather shoes. (laughs) For those immediately for sure. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for, I've been just dying to get you on here and get to know you more. And it seems like there's even more to the Emporium and I'm so excited to see it grow over the next couple of years. So I'll be checking you out. I hope everyone else does too. I can't wait. If anyone's listening, I'd love to hear if you're going to start your own Emporium or your own little store and bring it together with real estate. 
That'd be really awesome. Thank you so much for this time. I'm super grateful and appreciative. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. It really was such a feel-good podcast to help you build a feel-good real estate business. And Jada, if you're listening, thank you so much for your time and sharing everything about you and your passion and your business. It is really wonderful to see someone running a real estate business with so much passion and care for their clients and customers and that you're successful doing it. So thank you for showing us that it's possible to run a feel good real estate business. And to all of you out there, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. If you have a win or if you have something you want to share on the podcast, I'd love to have you on. If you know someone, whether in the industry or outside of the industry that has something important to say, this is the podcast. This is a platform that they can use. I would love to interview them. So please reach out to me. Uh, Beth is Instagram. So that's branding you underscore real estate. Reach out to me there. If you have someone, tag them or share their contact information. Or if it's you, let's talk about it. Let's get you on the podcast. All right. Thanks again and happy branding.